You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side B. All right. Uh, so we've got some we got some new music. We got Jeezy's album, Meg's album. Uh, we got the Jeezy and Gucci ver- versus. How do you wanna How do you wanna approach this? Uh, let's go versus Jeezy's album, and then let's go Meg. Okay. And all the other albums that we have to right. to talk about. Um. So for me, I mean, the biggest news of the verses is that you know apparently. Uh, Jeezy still has a, a DJ free CDQ copy of the Trapper Die intro, which I'm going to need <laughs> in my Dropbox expeditiously, please. Uh, I, was, I can't. Okay, I was like, go ahead, go ahead, go I ahead. was like, I was waiting for the drops and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> there, there was no, there was no run back. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Um, uh, <laughs> Trapper, that, that mixtape is on streaming services too. Um, it is. But, um, not the biggest news of the night, though. Um, this was an interesting Please. choice as a way to sort of relaunch Versus for season two. What were your expectations going in? I was a little nervous. Yeah? You know, they, like, their, their, their beef was real. You know, somebody, somebody, it was funny because I was reading, a, uh, a, like, a breakdown of it maybe, like, a month ago. Yeah. Um, and it was, a lot of it was over, you know, so I see and Jeezy, take, you know, taking the record and blowing up off of it. And then it just, you know, became petty rapper ego stuff. And it launched into, you know, Jeezy or Blue Da Vinci or somebody from BMF putting money on Gucci's head and Gucci killing one of Jeezy's people. Yeah. One of the people who tried to cash in on that bounty. It's like, oh, somebody died from this and y'all yeah. want to play records. Um, so I guess my expectations were, I hope they can get through 20. It looked, a little, my, ro- it looked a little rocky at times. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's being nice. That's being nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just okay. We're not. We're not. Gonna, are we gonna go round by round? Or no, no, I don't think we need to go round by round because I didn't really see them as a good battle discography wise. Mm-hmm. Because you know this isn't even a hits and jams kind of a thing. Like yeah, Gucci never crossed over even remotely close to the way that that Jeezy did. Um, he 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 didn't. But he's got hits. They're not like Jeezy hits. Right. But, you know, there's certain records that you can play and the whole club will go crazy. Sure. No pun intended. So he's got those records, but I, the goalpost moving mm. was insane for this. I, I got on Clubhouse. You love Clubhouse, don't you? I do. Clubhouse is great. I hate uh, it's good. It's getting a little, it's getting a little in now. You just got, you got to find the right room. It's getting a little in now, but yeah. if you find a good room, it's great. Um, so after the verses, there were some rooms in particular. One, I need to, I, I texted to you, but I'm going to make a clock radio speakers exclusive. Um, but there was one room that I was in that had like 21 Savage, DJ Clue, um, like a bunch of guys, a bunch of people from Atlanta. And the goalpost moving for Gucci was insane. Jeezy won the battle, Gucci won the war. It's like, no, <laughs> no, no, you don't, you don't win the, you don't win the war for, you know, perpetuating something that happened, a murder that happened 15 years ago. You don't, yeah, you don't get that. Especially when somebody's posturing themselves as mature. That's the thing. Like, you know, I, I've been thinking about something. I don't think this is always necessarily true. And I, I'm not, I, I want to kind of explore this with you real quick, but like, I think that like sometimes forgiveness and moving on requires a certain kind of privilege you know um Mm. and i think jeezy is somebody who has quite frankly moved on 
like he's happy to play the old hits because he was there to sell his album right yeah like he, he's happy to do the thing and you know if we, this is a wrestling sort of if we want to make a wrestling comparison like Jeezy thought it was a shoot like he, Jeezy thought that like we're making a promo and Gucci thought he was there to fight you know what yeah. I mean like and yeah but like he probably couldn't stand to be in the same room as Gucci right the two of them obviously don't get along or whatever else but like yeah. he he did that for the buzz Gucci did that because he wanted to hurt Jeezy for sure you know and like I don't know I mean you and I have talked sort of at random different times about like therapy before on the show like I wish everybody could go to therapy mm. man I wish For Gucci. Sure. I wish Gucci could go to therapy because he's like, when you want to hurt people like that, it probably means you're still hurting. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. And so, I know oh, it's, clearly, I'm, it's weird. The way I'm he was it. feeling it after the truth, like, yeah, you know, um, he, yeah, he, and it's it sucks because like he's seemingly in a more positive space now, right? Revamped his health. He's got like a long term partner. Like you know, he's you would you would hope that like he didn't feel a need to hurt, but he wanted to hurt him. I was gonna say all, all that, all that. It's weird. I won't say it's all fake. I won't say mm. it's fake. But okay. people were people were saying that, you know, uh, Gucci, this new Gucci's a clone. This isn't really him. There's people who really believe that. But in in all of your change, all the changes that one can make in their life, positive changes. There's typically one or two things that could make you turn back into the old you. <sighs> Man. And clearly, Jeezy is one of those things for Gucci. Yeah. You know? Now, I don't know whatever behind-the-scenes stuff was going on. You know, who knows? Jeezy could have been blackballing Gucci in some spots. He could have been doing all types of other stuff. You know, it could have just been the fact, like, hey, you put me in a position where my life was in danger. And because of that, you know, it is what it is. But I'm the only thing I'll push back on for you, because yeah. I think you're you're absolutely correct. The one thing I'll say is that I don't necessarily agree or it'll be hard for me to believe that Jeezy has has moved on <laughs> only because yeah. he keeps revamping his previously successful um, periods of time. Keeps doing TMs. Oh, sure. This is recession two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would say that other than that, oh, he's clearly, I mean, ju- just based off the album cover alone. Right. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like he's trying, he's doing a his his wife has him doing a talk show. His wife being on the view, is she on the view? One of those, the view, is the she? real. She's on one of those shows. And I don't want to disrespect her and just say, ah, oh, yeah, she's on, but she's on one of those daytime women-based talk shows. Okay. She's got Gucci in a different or I'm sorry, she's got Jeezy in a different bag. So that I think that's one of the things that sure. validates your point. Like, you know, he's thinking the fact that Gucci said, hey. The only way I say I would do this is if we, if I get to perform the truth. In the back of my mind, in the back of Jeezy's mind, he's like, that's perfect. I can extend the olive branch. You know, I can basically use your momentum to guide you to the ground, like on some karate stuff. Right, right, right. So with all that said, this wasn't close. No. Because it does still come down to hits and jams. Ultimately, you can go, you can, you can talk about the streets you can talk about the beef. You can talk about everything else at the end of the day. And Gucci's fans are supposed to uh, are supposed to say he won because one of the things that is true is that Jeezy's music doesn't hit in like certain spaces the way Gucci does. It's absolutely correct. But when you're in a versus and it's being shown nationally, you're right. bragging about all these numbers about millions and millions of people watching. It wasn't close. It wasn't close. No. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, you got to have a certain amount of catalog that resonates with like not just your like little niche or not just your re. You know, I'm I'm, I'm I sound like I'm selling you know Gucci short like he's just a regional artist or whatever. But like, you know, his his appeal is not as nationwide as Jeezy's is for right? sure. Right for sure. Um, and, for sure. I mean, Jeezy left records on the table. I felt like you know what I mean. Gucci left records on the table. They yeah. both did. They yeah. both did. After a while. Jeezy was playing because we need to talk about one on one. Seeing that one you talked about that earlier, you want to to bring that point up. But I was like, "Hey, get off of one on one. Yeah, you've got other records. Yeah." Um, but I just want to say before we get into anything else, because yeah, yeah. you mentioned it in round, you mentioned it in round one. Whoever gave round one to Gucci, do not talk to me about hip hop. Do not. There's no way. There was nothing that Gucci was going to play right. that was going to beat the Trap or Die intro. Right. Nothing. I don't care if it was a diss. I don't care any of that. The fact that Jeezy said, oh, that already? All right. And then you right. hear those. Dun, yeah. Dun. That was, it was a wrap. It was yeah. over. It was over. It was over. So I'm surprised Jeezy. What, okay. So let's say this. What, what Jeezy records would you have wanted to hear him play. Yeah, now I should have pulled that list up. Hold up. Let me... Because it was the other thing that Gucci was doing. Gucci kept saying, make a new hit, make a new hit, play new stuff, and then he would play old stuff. Like, right after. Like, he played he played the Drake record. Right. He played the, the Bruno Mars record. Like, all right, I get it. You know? But I mean, like, if we're talking about records that, that reach outside of your demographic, you kind of have to play those records. I get it. But I'm surprised Jeezy didn't play Bang. He could have played amazing. Yeah, he he only played. He played. Did he play Welcome Back? Um, that's a good question. Um, because they, I guess they played twenty five. They went twenty five instead of 20. yeah. They went. It went went a little long for sure. Yeah. Yeah, he played Welcome Back at the end because he did. Okay. Um, but uh, oh, why can't I think of the record? The samples. Um, hold on. There's definitely some record. Yeah, there's definitely some some records he did not play. Um, but you know. I mean, after truth and to get your mind right, you know, do you think how much of that you think was scripted? I mean, obviously, Jeezy had a little he knew he was going to he knew that he, he was like, OK, cool. Whenever you play truth, I'm playing this next. Like he obviously knew he was going to do that. But he like that up. You, do you think the two of them collaborated at all in terms of like, here's the records I'm playing? No. Yeah. No. But I think once he played his, I think what probably happened was because it's supposed to be T.I. and Jeezy. And then somebody was like, hey, for your album, you should get Gucci. Because the whole talk of, of social media right, was, right, right. "Get we want to see Jeezy Gucci, Jeezy Gucci. So Jeezy thinking, my album is coming out. What can I do to build up some buzz? And then he says, actually, um. And so, and so after that, he says, um, okay, let's do Gucci. Let's see if we can make it happen. Yeah. Because to your point. Jeezy has moved is like far beyond this. Like he's thinking, yeah, maybe we can make it work. And he wants to sell these. He wants to sell this new album. Gucci says, sure. Or somebody else probably tells him like, hey, you should do it. Because I wouldn't be surprised if Gucci was like, no, never. And somebody from his team was like, you should do it. That would be a good look for you. Yeah. Um, We're going to put out these because Gucci put out the like trap classics. He put out a compilation of stuff, which is exactly what he should have did. Mm. Somebody says, okay, well, yo, dude, okay, let's play the truth. Like starts hyping him up. Gucci's like, yeah, I'll, play it. I'll do it if, we can, if I can play the truth. Somebody from Jeezy's camp is probably like, yo, if you do that, then you can, how do you counteract that? How do you counteract aggression with 
extending the olive branch with peace, with yeah. positivity. And it's like, oh, that's a perfect counterpunch. That's the only way to play that. People were like, well, how come Jeezy didn't play Stay Strap? Like, because Jeezy's not there anymore. Right, 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 right. So no, you're not, like, you're not going to, he, it, it made total, the man is posing on his album cover with plaid cropped slacks and a, and a, beret. like a painter's, yeah, beret. There we go. He's, he's not playing Stay Strap. No way. And you're crazy to even like assume that that's what he should have done. So the uh, the the little Jeezy speech and to get your mind right really was like I kind of need you to um, to put that put audio from that mix that in with video of uh, of uh, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. Like <laughs> he really he put him right through the glass. Just he did right through the glass. <laughs> he did. And the funny part was, was uh, uh, P from QC was in the clubhouse room that I was in. And when he got in the room, the first thing he said was, you know, Jeezy told me that he regretted playing that record. Really? Yep. Because it was too much. He got, he felt. Because he got countered. What can you say to that? Like, if you noticed, it was such a knockout blow. Jeezy or Gucci's, his whole body language just changed after that. Oh, yeah. Cause what do you what do you say to that? What do you I, say I to somebody who says, if you're like, if I'm like Doc, I hate you, hmm. and your response is Armand, I forgive you. What do you say to that? Because <laughs> now I look stupid for still being like, no, let's fight. And you're like, no, I don't want to fight. I love you. What? I mean, there are some people though for whom like forgiveness is never an option. For sure. And so if you forgive, you're weak. For sure. And so for those people, those people have Gucci winning it by a landslide. Right. Absolutely. The, the record Absolutely. I was thinking about, Jeezy uh, should have played I Love It. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, he didn't play it. Yeah, he did not play I Love It. Well, no, he didn't play any hits, though. So he didn't play. He played Soul Survivor. <laughs> he played Put On. He played. Yeah, he had to play those. I mean, he didn't play. But, he didn't play And Then What? Um, he didn't play And Then What? My, uh, so shout long time, long time listener supporter DJ Cotton. He, he, was, he told me, he's like, hey, you know. He basically told me that Jeezy was going to play R.I.P. And I'm like, there's no way in the world that Jeezy would have played R.I.P. Jeezy probably don't even like R.I.P. It just, it wouldn't have fit. You're in Atlanta, you're in Magic City. Like, that's a West Coast record. That's when right, he was right. fooling YG. Um, but no, it wasn't close. It wasn't close at all. I might have gave Jeezy like three rounds. Yeah. It was, it was pretty lopsided. But I don't think Gucci, I don't think Gucci looks stupid. Um, and I think he got washed, but pe- because people were expecting him to get washed, I don't think Gucci came out of this like looking bad. There's still his audience yeah, yeah, yeah. is like waving the Gucci flag even harder now. Right, right, right. Which is hey, hey good for him. It's what you want. Yeah, it's what you want. Um, you were making the point, I think, on the pre-show maybe about how like has versus sort of backed themselves into a corner now. Like, do they need to have a moment? Like, are, instead, is it all going to be built around like kind of finding that? Which I mean, kind of makes sense, but like. I don't think this was scripted, but like, do they get to the point where they're like almost in a wrestling kind of way? They're like, listen, here's the deal. Y'all are going to play your catalogs, do whatever, but we got to build up to a certain moment. And I don't really care how we get there, but there's going to be a moment and that's, what's going to get shared on social. And that's cool. You know what I mean? Like, do we get to that point with versus or do we just, they just, they just keep hoping it's organic. You know, it really depends. I I feel like they've backed themselves into a corner, but as soon as I said that, I realized what they need to do to get out of it. If you if your next one is not P 
piggybacked off of yeah. that, if you just go far left, right. then you're fine. The problem is, is that Swiss, they've done this and then Swiss leaked out the outcast and tribe thing. Um, you know, Cortez's manager, again, in Clubhouse alluded to T.I. and Wayne happening. Yeah. Um, you just have to, it's about moments, you know, like Patty and, Gla- <laughs> you know, people are like, yo, these are this, like, this is the same, you know, brand that put on Patty LaBelle versus Gladys Knight. I mean, so they should just do, they, they almost, I mean, really like after, after a night full of, I don't want to call it masculine energy. We'll call it aggressive energy, right? Switch it up. Throw the bag at Mariah. Let's go. Mariah and Janet. I'm telling y'all. Mariah and Janet. If Janet doesn't want to do it, you can do Mariah and Mary. 90s <sighs> divas, you know, different different bags, but you're, hey, that's it's a hits bag. and jams all day. That's that's Fab and Jada. Sort Mar- of. But I mean, Mariah's Mary- got way more hits, but Mary's fans are going to be there waving that flag. But that, that's, I mean, you saw what you saw what happened yesterday with Pitchfork. No, what happened with Pitchfork? They reviewed, uh, they reviewed my life because it turned twenty five uh, or twenty, they and they a seven, <laughs> and they said, and they said it was flawed. I mean, uh, they got killed for that. Yeah, you know, you can't, you but you can't. Whoever reviewed that album, and I'm assuming because it's Pitchfork, that it's somebody who wasn't around. It was some white guy who wasn't around in 1995 when that happened. You can't review that album in hindsight. It was such a moment and it spoke to its demographic in such a way that like you can't say that. You mm. can't say this was flawed because you don't understand it. You know, it wasn't for you, but I'm going to come back to that. It wasn't for you thing because sometimes that works and sometimes that's balderdash. Um, but I'm on record saying that Face First Album is better than My Life anyway. But My Life is an undisputed, undeniable classic without question. What's interesting is like that's a... um. I'm looking at the guy who did that. He's uh he's just like a he's a contributor. He doesn't he's just like a freelancer. See, you you got to be careful with that cuz it's you know yeah. if somebody if somebody comes in and they speak on behalf of Clock Radio Speakers, that falls on us. Oh yeah. That doesn't fall on random person X who writes for us or who contributes, you know. Yeah. It's all it's during like Armand and Doc, what are you doing? So Pitchfork already kind of has that reputation. Yeah. So that just like, it just fortified. It just validated it even more. Yeah. Um, I was going to say about Mary and Mariah. The reason why I say Mary is like Jada because, right, Mary would play her hit. She played Family Affair and Be Without You, sure. But like while Mariah's playing All I Want for Christmas and Fantasy and all this other stuff, Mary just has to play the records that resonate. Yeah. She's She's got to play those jams. Yeah. She she has a jams focused set, but you're right, Mariah. Because it was weird. I was there was a Janet set that I was listening to. Some random DJ. No, Knife Wonder was DJing on Instagram. He went. He got in a Janet bag, and I was like, I don't know if Mariah can. <laughs> oh, Mariah just, can. Mariah can. I just yeah. I it may you're just a big been Janet fan. I am, and I may just have been a prisoner in the moment because Mariah absolutely has. Mariah got thirty easy. Mariah can just um, go play number one hits. <laughs> She can. And she can just be like, you know, in a bubble bath with candles surrounded. Like she could just be totally chilling. And what? Mary sitting there in the all black with the with the uh a lot the, of leather. High tech boots, lots of leather. What, yep. What uh what is Mariah's closing song? It better not be all I want for Christmas is you. Um it could be Fantasy? Nah. You might start with fantasy. <laughs> 
um, you know, it depends. If you want to go with like a yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a right hook, a left hook. Um, God, it might be what all is, I want for Christmas is you. That's now is, become the definitive Mariah Carey song, which blows my mind. Crazy. Is it a ballad? Is it One Sweet Day? You know, is One it, Sweet Day is forgotten about. Yeah. These kids don't know about One Sweet Day. Kids don't know about One Sweet Day. Yeah. Speaking of that, I've been hearing that it's uh, going to be Boys to Men versus Jodeci. Does Jodeci get to play the Casey and JoJo records? They they have to. Because when you go back and listen to those Jodeci albums, yeah, they are very heavy on the singles and the yep. album cuts are not that good. For sure. If they, I mean, I wonder if they'll bring in some like guest, like some of their guest hooks and stuff too. Yeah, they, they would have to do uh, Toss It Up and <laughs> How Do You Want It. They would have to. But I think they'd get away with it. Two Chains played Problems. <laughs> right. So you see, Ross, is, Ross wants to do another versus. Ross said he wanted the winner of T.I. and Jeezy originally. Of course he would. <laughs> this isn't a bracket. <laughs> right. But you it, know, it's actually a versus bracket. They really want to roll the bag out. They could do like an eight, like an eight man tournament, eight person tournament, eight person tournament. See, they could get fun with it and they could do like, you know, sort of like you want, they could do the eight person King of New York bracket, eight person, you know, like rap, King New York South rappers, bracket. they wouldn't even have to pay the New York rappers. New York rappers might pay them. Imme- yeah. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. You get Fab, Jada, French would try to get in there. French, yeah. Would, yeah. Nikki's going to show up. She's going to be like, I'm the queen Nikki's of New York. Gonna, you know, oh, please. Nikki's listen. 100% going to yeah. show up. Jesus. Anything else you want to say about uh, Jeezy and Gucci before we go to Jeezy's album? No, let's go to Jeezy's album. Why is this called The Recession 2? This does not sound like The Recession. It's it's crazy because when The Recession 1 came out, it was during The Recession. And there was like, I could feel like, you could feel how hard the times were. Mm. You could, I can feel like the the financial distress that people were facing when I listened to that album. Maybe because I was in financial distress when that album was out. But with this one, it's like somebody who is, this shouldn't have been the recession too, because he seems very content with himself and where he is. Yeah. it It's it's definitely nostalgic for something, but it's not nostalgic. Normally when you do a sequel, you're sort of hearkening back to that sound. Harken. Yeah. It's like, it's more nostalgic with like late, 2000s rick ross for sure there's a lot of justice league on here a ton of justice league on here you know what i mean i only heard the two records oh hold on uh let me pull up the wait does recession 2 not have its own that's depressing doesn't have its own wiki page hold on give me a sec no you got it all right so let's see they so don cannon does does a bunch of records right he does like here we Mm -hmm. go he does modern day he does like the first like batch of the album basically Mm-hmm. But then you get to like, uh, so obviously Justice League does the the Ross collaboration, but they also do Therapy for My Soul. They do, I think they do Praying, right? They do like the back half of the album. They do Live and Die. They do, yeah, they do like this whole like run. So the first chunk of the album is mostly Don Cannon. The last chunk of the album is mostly, um, is mostly Justice League. And the Don Cannon makes sense. Right. Like I get that they've got a lot of history together. They got records Mm -hmm. together. Like I totally Mm -hmm. get that. But I really like, especially the kind of Justice League beats that he got because he's worked with Justice League before, but like the kind of Justice League. Since the first album, yeah. Right. The the kind of Justice League beats that he got, they're like Rick Ross stimulus beats almost. Yeah, they are. But he seems to have been going for that style. Well, 
have they made him anything aggressive? Like, I would love mm. to know all the Jeezy and Justice League records because he has the one record on the first album that with the uh, with the Millie Jackson sample, the Child of God sample. Yeah. Um. So from that through now, it's always just felt like that style, the more mature, not not the luxurious, but just more of like the introspective Justice League beats. You know who has a, a production credit on here? Hmm. Charles Hamilton. Shout <laughs> out Charles Hamilton. You know what actually is interesting? So um, he's got a lot of sort of pseudo Rick Ross beats. The Rick Ross collaboration, I actually, I considering I listened to the whole album and I'm like, I see the Rick Ross track is up next and I'm like, I hadn't heard it. And I was like, I'm like, okay, I can hear exactly what this is going to sound like in my head. Mm-hmm. And they kind of did something a little different. Like it, no, they they went into your uh they went into your two hundred batch of beats and they, picked some out. <laughs> Jeezy needs to holler at me. I got a whole Dropbox for Jeezy. Um, you do. They forced Ross to rap differently. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not saying it's always better, but like sometimes Ross, especially on these guest guest appearances, he just you know he does the Ross thing he and he raps the same way. He auto he goes on autopilot. So like I was just yeah. like, hey. They're making Ross actually. Ross actually heard that that tempo. He's like, "Oh, I gotta like, I gotta work out. I gotta like flex a muscle I haven't used in a while." Great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. I'm not crazy about the beat. I like the beat. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the beat. I, um, but yeah, I agree. That might be their weakest because God, I still love War Ready. War Ready is amazing, and nobody talks about that song. Mm. Um, that's my favorite Ross and Jeezy collab, but I like the one that they did on uh, Jeezy's last album when I was out in Connecticut. We were listening to it in the car. Oh yeah, that one was dope. But I, I, ultimately, I'm I'm just gonna cut to the chase. Yeah, go ahead. I didn't I didn't need this Jeezy album, and I didn't really like it when I heard it. I thought it was fine. Um, it's there's a you're right. Like Jeezy, Jeezy almost needs like his ver- he needs an American gangster. And what I mean by that is he needs an excuse and he's tried it a little bit, but it wasn't a hundred percent there because like he was trying to work with, with Shadi Red who, you know, producers, you kind of get, you know, you have a peak and Shadi Red is not at his peak anymore. So like there was some of that chemistry, but it wasn't all the way there. The problem is like, yeah. he needs to like be paired up with somebody who like might've come up on that a little bit, but he needs an excuse to go back to the trap basically you know what i mean because like yeah, yeah, yeah. you're making an album called the recession too and some of the topics you know one of the songs is called stimulus check you know like i get it but like the sound of it there's not the aggr- there's not that like aggressiveness like jeezy's no ad libs used to like kick the door down yeah. you know and like he, i don't know if he feels he needs permission because he's not in that life anymore but like some sort of american gangster excuse to go do that would be interesting yeah. Funny you mentioned Shawty Red. He uh you hear what he said about the verses? No. He said if Jeezy plays any Shawty Red records, he's gonna sue him. So when they play Who Dat, when they play Who Dat, if you notice they dropped, they yeah. blink they bleeped out the Shawty Red. And then the DJ was like, DJ Ace or whatever his name, DJ Ace on the track and brought it back in. Yeah, they haven't gotten along for a good minute. Mm. That's too bad. It, absolutely it is. It's too bad. Um, absolutely because like the thing about american gangster right is it was yeah it was you know jay working with the hitman but it was new hitman you know and it was you know puff had these guys doing these records didn't know who else to give it to ironically he would in four you know in four years start working with rick ross and had you know 
they were like ships passing in the night. Ross wasn't ready for those American gangster style beats yet. And Puff wasn't mm-hmm. working with Ross really yet. Otherwise, that's where that could have gone, you know. But that um, Bugatti Boys album would have been crazy. Right. Right, right, right. But, yeah. you know, yeah. Jay not only had a topical excuse to go back there, but he had producers who were making records that didn't sound like what other people were making at that time, you know. And Jay needed to go back there, to your point. Yeah. Because Jay, Jay didn't have the equity. People were kind of down on him because that's after Kingdom Come, right? Yeah. Talk so about a people, comeback album. Yeah. So that's low-key a comeback album. So Jay had a sense of urgency Yeah, in, in not only that, like what he was saying. Sure. You know, like, so he needs the production. And also, to your point, Jeezy needs a puffy. Mm. So he needs somebody in there with him to help shape. So the same way... What Hit Boy's been doing with Nas and 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 I was about to say Freddie Gibbs. Who else did Benny? Oh, Benny, Benny. You know somebody like you said who grew up on the sound, but then also probably understands like how to make a record. Right. Like should sit in there with Jeezy and like help him craft this stuff. Mike will. Mike will. Mike will. Right. Mike will. Got a whole, probably a whole team of whole rooms full of producers cranking out whatever, but he still knows how to do it. And he's got a big enough of a name that Jeezy might have to listen to him. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, You want to talk about this Megan album real quick? Sure. (laughs) Um, It's a, I got to say this. Um, I want to shout out her, her, uh, well, man, I don't even know if to shout out. I hope she recoups because the sample budget on this is absurd. Oh, Rock Nation got it. It's absurd. <laughs> Jackson 5 samples? Come on, man. Uh, uh, listen. <laughs> All right. Um, how did you feel about the how did you feel about Shots Fired? I understand that she I understand why she had to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't fault it. And then I, I saw a, a, a headline this morning that basically said that she she wrote that. I think she said either the day after it happened or the day after Tori put out his album. I don't remember. Yeah. But they held it for the album. I get it. Yeah. But I'm, I think I'm a diss song snob. Mm. So if you're going to diss somebody, especially somebody who shot you, allegedly, the one somebody you're accusing of, sh- of right. shooting you, you got to go crazy. She didn't go crazy to me. It was a lot of smoke. Like she was very aggressive on the record. I mean, but, she's like, always she, aggressive. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But like, what she was saying was just like, eh. It was like a lot of light jabs, and I, I was waiting on some like overhead and some overhand rights, and I didn't get them. I was really disappointed by that beat. <laughs> Listen, I understand <laughs> trap remakes of of '90s classics. I'm there. Yes, you do. I'm yeah. there. Um, it just didn't work. The beat is pretty boring, actually. Um, I think they used the wrong drums. The drums should have been a little more aggressive. Mm. It's not the pattern. I think it's the 808s. It's the actual kicks that they used. I wanted them to... Like, if you're doing Who Shot You, I want to be held up by my collar. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And the beat didn't do that for me. Yeah. But when you hear Who Shot You, instant screw face, oh, yeah. instant hard head now, one, oh. of the hardest beats of hard to, uh, one of the hardest beats of all time. And this just kind of like... It softened it and it didn't need to be soft. Yeah. Like, oh, you soften it for a woman. Like, Megan's not somebody who needed that, especially if she's going to diss like that. Like, yeah. no, make it, 
make it go crazy. Make it sound like, you know, Metro or Southside or like yeah. it has some like real aggression behind it because yeah. it, it didn't. Yeah. You know what sample I really like though is I really like Circles. Which one was that? That's the next track. Um, it's up tempo. That sample is crazy though. Um, <laughs> I should have skimmed through this again before we listened to the album. <laughs> it's all good. Um, there's some, you know, look, her, her subject matter is pretty limited. Like we, we don't need to, uh, we don't need to dance around that. Right. But like, yeah. as much as I want to like call her on it, it's also like, I don't know, like for her audience, like, you know, I'm the same guy who, you know, used to love like the dog, the, the dog food album. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is like far more vulgar than anything you'll hear here. So like, I don't know. She, the one thing I thought was interesting is with the, with maybe one exception, I think her team, maybe it's her, her team, whoever, they've done a really good job of avoiding the crossover record, the obvious, like, I'm going to go pop records like Nikki felt she always got trapped into doing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's one record on here called Don't Rock Me to Sleep that is totally a wannabe, like, record like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I did hear that. But, yeah. like, the rest of this is, like, she's doing her thing. It's one hundred percent. It's making, you know, and I think, and I think it's because hip hop is so pop right now. Mm. You know, I mean, it's been hot. It's been pop for a long time, but now the rapper doesn't have to make the pop record. The pop artist has to make the hip hop record. Mm. It's different now. So another thing that Megan has avoided two things. Yeah. Number one, this should technically be like her third album. Yeah. (laughs) So what's an album? Yeah, but you know, we've talked about her bodies of work being eh, but then we'll, she'll find she'll find a record. Mm-hmm. You know, when when we first heard Savage, we were like that's the record cuz she was trying to push that other song from whatever that album was. Yeah, Sugar? Uh maybe? yeah, it was Sugar. It was uh Captain Hook. Oh yeah. <laughs> they were trying to push Captain Hook I know. and I was like, "No, Savage is the record." And Savage takes off. On this album, it's clear I think body. I think body, body is gonna go. Yeah. Body's gonna go. It's, but I think the scissor record is gonna go. Man, let me tell you. When I heard the Adina Howard synth, I was just like, "Oh, yeah, exactly." It was like, "Duh!" Shout it's out so to Juicy obvious. J. Shout out to Juicy J. He got a lot of Juicy J. Hitmaker is furious that Juicy J beat him to that Adina Howard. <laughs> furious. Juicy J. Juicy J. Smart enough to be like, "Huh, okay, that's what's working." Right, I got it. Well, and then he goes yeah. and samples Rodeo on work that which is <laughs> yeah 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 um, so go ahead no i was gonna say i mean there's some really interesting samples going on here you know like mm. sugar baby first time i heard that i was like why does this sound like a a, a mid-2000s trina record and i'm like oh because it is a mid-2000s trina record um that's what artists are doing i think mulatto sampled a gucci record like that's what uh, yeah. sweetie constantly yeah. is sampling go, go crazy which has the OPP flip of Jackson Five, right? Mm-hmm. You know who produced that record? Who? Man, this name is gonna blow your mind. You haven't heard this name in a long time. Okay. J.R. Rodem. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, like, is it the Runners? <laughs> who is it? J.R. Rodem. J.R. Wow. Rodem. Shout out to J.R. Rodem. Man, her label really backed up the Brinks truck for these samples. Goodness. Um, I kind of like that that Go Crazy record. Two chains doesn't really work on it, but I like Megan and Big Sean together. That works. Yeah, yeah. Big Sean works on those records. We collaborates with the with the woman, 
either he'll do a collaboration with, with a girl and the, the record will be kind of like vulgar and stuff. That works. He did the record with Cash Doll a few years ago. I mean, of course he did, you know, with Nicki, he did Ass. I mean. Right. But like right. also Big Sean has the kind of voice, if it's like, if it's sampling something obvious or it's trying to go a little more up-tempo, a little more pop, like his voice can go there mm-hmm. in a way that 2 chains doesn't always go. Like it can work, but it's yeah. not always that way. It's like the it's like the southern draw, like mm. almost like regionalizes him to a certain degree. A little whereas, bit. yeah, a little bit, not a lot, yeah, but a little bit. But yeah, um, Freaky Girls, I can see getting run on radio. Body, like you said, TikTok's all gonna be all over it. The dance, already. like they've got the dance choreograph, like you know, I mean, smart. It, it it's smart. Yeah, I think they saw Savage and they were like, oh, right, like let's find something that we can get, you know, um, middle aged white women to do. Cause, Man, I'm I mean, not, cause, I don't, don't want to see middle-aged white women doing the body dance. I'm good. They did. I mean, they were doing. I mean, it was. It was. A, Savage was a lot more toned down. <laughs> okay, so here's my hot take on this Megan album. Let's go. So one thing that we talk about on this show is we'll say, "Oh, it's not for me." Right, 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 right. And I started thinking about it, and I was going through the list of albums that I love, mm-hmm. and I was like. A lot of these albums technically aren't for me. Okay. You know, so let's take Alfredo for an example. I, I've never sold a drug in my life. Mm. I love the Alfredo album. I love Rick Ross. I have never, Manuel Noriega does not owe me a hundred favors. He doesn't know who I am. He doesn't owe Rick Ross a hundred favors either. He does, <laughs> definitely does owe Rick Ross. But, you know, sometimes we say that because I think we understand like, okay, like, clearly, like you're not making this record for me, but that also doesn't mean that I can't enjoy it. Right. So I feel like it's the nice way of saying, I don't like this album. Yeah. It's just by saying, ah, uh, it's not for me. But sometimes it's not a good album. M- Megan has a Meek Mill problem. Which is what? Sometimes she thinks that the answer is always just to rap hard and aggressively. And... It's hard for it's really hard for for female rappers if you sound hard if you like to rap aggressively like Nicki if you decide not to then people think you're switching up or selling out or doing X or doing Y like yeah it's different like hmm. you know may, there are a couple there's sometimes where Megan is rapping a little bit more low key but much like Meek hmm. Mill you're always really just waiting for her to start rapping even harder you know, yeah. and like sometimes you got to switch it up, you know, and yeah. I don't want the answer. I, I don't want her and her team to think that the answer is, oh, when I switch it up, it just means I'm going to sing like I'm doing a Nicki Minaj album in 2011. That's not right. her strength. Like, oh, does she have a like like you were talking, you, you know, you were talking about on Shots Fired, like you were waiting for the upper like she was throwing jabs. You were wait, waiting for the uppercut like mm-hmm. she throws a lot of uppercuts when she raps. That's how she wants to come strong. It's like, do you have a jab? Sure. You got a you got something else. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So you're uppercutting when it comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, I get it. You can rap hard and aggressively and, and fast and up tempo. Can you, is there a left turn in here that's not, you know, that's still hip hop? I, th- I think it was the I think it was what you mentioned when we reviewed her last album, where she just needs to go on tour. She needs to hit some stages, oh, yeah. some big stages, and then that makes you realize, oh, I can't do this every night. With the I'm choreography. Tired. With the choreography, I'm tired. My voice is shot. Like, let me figure out. She hasn't had, she hasn't gotten the reps up to do that just due to COVID. So, man, she's going to need, I mean, everybody, like, 
for when she goes on tour and they're doing the dances for body and everything else and she's out there doing it and she's rapping like she raps i hope she mm-hmm. i mean man she needs a everybody on that tour hire trainers get your chef game going like all that's because yeah. it's gonna be that's a it's gonna be physically demanding because if I you rem- go to that show you want to see the dances that you've seen on tiktok for sure for sure i remember watching cardi at made in america Mm. Uh, a few years ago. And this is when, this is like peak Bodak Yellow. So she was still doing yeah. like her other records from her mixtapes and then she would end with Bodak right. Yellow. And she was doing all that and she was also talking to the audience because people like Cardi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. she can't just go song, 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 song. She has to go song, talk, song, talk. And to go from that to, I think I, I, think I watched her at Coachella or I watched her at another festival yeah. And this was after um uh what was the name of her album? I can't remember, but yeah, the album. Yeah, after her album came out, she was a completely different artist. Mm. She was so polished. Oh yeah. You know? So it's almost like the album rollout makes you more it polishes you cuz it puts you out there. And this is why I always tell people like when it comes to starting something, you should just do it with what you have and then you're like, okay, this doesn't work. This did work. I want to do this. Take all that back. Right. You know, modify it and then go back out again. You know, I feel like Megan is weird. She's such a hybrid artist because she's in a hybrid time where people are always just want stuff, 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 stuff. She, you know, I, I hope that she's getting the time to go back and say, this is what works. This is what does it. But when you keep doing EPs, yeah, and your rollout is similar, but you're still catching fire. Of course, the record labels are thinking, "Well, right. it works. You're still you're making us you're making us money, so we're not going to switch it up." Yeah, 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 you know. But Cardi's is definitely time for Cardi to put out a new album. Yeah, I feel. I mean, again, we talked about it on the show, right? A lot of people are just trying to. They're like, "Okay, here's the deal. 2020 is going to be weird. We want a tour, so we're going to let 2020 clear out, and then." Once it seems, you know, you you sent that to me. I forget it was Twitter or text, but it was a uh, coach. Twitter. It was a the coach, Rolling Loud. Rolling Loud, right? Yeah. And so that's an interesting time, early May, yep. because that's you know Coachella would historically be mid to late April. Which, boy, that feel. I mean, we we won't really know. You know, like I saw a news a news report today, right? Like first couple million vaccine doses start rolling out middle of December, and so it's like, how mm. quick can they get this out? Um, you know what I'm not looking forward to? You know you're going to see it. It's like, um, let's be honest, rich people are going to be like paying extra to like get the vaccine early. Sure. Like you, there's going to be all sorts of shenanigans. But anyway, for sure, um, it's really just a gamble of like, not everybody, clearly people will go to some live events even if there's no vaccine. But like to do the kind of numbers that Rolling Loud and Coachella and those places be, they all clearly think they need people to feel some amount of comfort so it's like it's just this game of like how fast is this stuff going to roll out what are the numbers going to look like this winter in the spring and at what point this is all come you know rolling loud in miami you know florida will let anybody have an event i feel like i'm pretty sure they'll be fine oh yeah they were trying to have wrestlemania last year right coachella in california i don't know in april we'll have to see but like i'm guessing summer we'll probably see tours again yeah, I mean, you saw what announcement Ticketmaster made. What did they do? Uh, they said if you buy a ticket through them, you have to either show proof of um, 
a negative, oh, that's what it is. It was a negative COVID test within 48 hours or you have to get tested before they, they let you in the venue. Yeah, that's, it sucks. It's like that that kind of helps, but kind of doesn't help. Like if you have, if you had a negative test from two days ago, that does not mean you're not contagious right now, actually. It doesn't right. mean anything, you know, but people are just trying to make the best out of imperfect situations. But excuse me, yeah, I don't know. My expectation is like, Rolling Loud probably feels like that's right on the edge of like being maybe early, like one of the first big shows. But like, I think it'll be really interesting, you know, because historically summer you get like Governor's Ball and you get like all these other like sort of, you know, festivals. And it's like, are they all going to push back a little later in the summer? Are they just going to be like, yeah. let's go? I don't know. Yep. Good question. All right, know. man. Anything else on your mind? No, we still got to talk two chains. There's still some other things, but we're going to have to say that for another time. Yeah. Um. So Monday, the, is that the second? What day is, is Monday, Monday the second? Oh my God. No, that can't be right. It's when, Wednesday's the second. Okay. So Monday is the 30th. The 30th. And on the 30th, you are announcing. Oh, when my album comes out. That's yes. right. So if yep. you're listening to this right now, November 30th, Armand, and people can get, catch that on my wakeup.com. Should they go to Twitter, Instagram? Yeah. ArmandWakeUp.com. It'll be on Instagram, yeah. all that good stuff. Okay. Uh, you know, just heads up. It won't be on streaming first. Just letting you know. Okay. Just letting you, just letting, just go ahead and prepare. Is it going to be on Spotify? Not on the day that I announced the album. So, you know, back up the Brinks truck. The boss is back. Got some ideas. We got some things rolling out. But yeah, just stay tuned. You know I got y'all. Anything else, man? Nah, nah. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, be safe. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see y'all next episode.